0: provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30pm Eastern Time on Zoom for brave vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and registration visit ProjectSanctus.com Exploring the healing and culture-building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is with love and justice for all, with Reverend ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isla.
1: So, third time's a charm, which that. doesn't make any sense to anyone. You know, that didn't because you know, we've deleted the other two things that didn't work out. I'm Reverend Kelly Isla. Oh, yeah co-host of the official podcast for Project Sanctus with Love and Justice for All, where we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, and especially the, some of the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers and, and certainly spiritual communities, churches and other, other spiritual communities. Um, so with my partner in crime consciousness and co-creation, Reverend Ogan.
0: Yes, I'm doing we're going
1: to try Uh, this again.
0: I'm doing again. So so what what she's trying to say is this is the third time we're trying to uh, we've had to restart because we're trying to live stream this to Facebook. And and for some reason, either Zoom's not cooperating, uh, Facebook's not cooperating. I think it's Zoom. It's been on Zoom's end. So Zoom's having a moment. So hopefully we can get through it this time. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to roll the dice because it has stopped every time I, I say the following. So I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again just just to see what happens. Um, I was going to say that it's another day in paradise, but it's been raining all day, and I am entering into my Christmas curmudgeon phase. phase. Mm. Um, all right, Zoom's still holding it together. Let's see if we can get yeah. through all of it. <laughs> you know, Which, it's been
1: raining all day here, too.
0: Uh there you go. Um, oh yeah, you guys, I mean you guys are bracing for a snow and snowstorm coming your way. Well, not where not here
1: in Kansas City, but north of us, yeah.
0: Okay. Yep. So, anyways, um I'm in my I'm in my Christmas curmogeny phase whereby um I get I get salty. I get salty. It's early December. I'm getting salty about everything. Um, and I said I suspect that's because I spent the first twenty-some years of my life um, you know, uh steeped in the the christian evangelical narrative around you know religion life christmas all the things and then spent the
1: christmas myth
0: the christmas myth right then i spent the fallen 20 some years after that deconstructing all that um and as we know we don't you know there's there's still a lot of embedded stuff in us so you know it's like here we go with this nonsense again so lights are going up carols are being sung you know people are all in this manufactured christmas cheer and being extra uh, uh, stressful underneath, um, and all that stuff. So we, no, got, thank that, you. we got that going on.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that, uh, kind of comogeny space and I'll probably be in that until maybe about I don't know, three days before Christmas and then, then I'll be okay. So yeah, I'm well, maybe I'm- I'll just wait till after <laughs> Christmas to talk to you. <laughs> well, it's a good thing. We're kind of taking the next two weeks off. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's timely. <laughs> so there is that. That was a real long answer to how I'm doing, but that's how I'm doing.
1: Well, we are talking today about, we, we titled the, the podcast today, Here's Looking At You and Other Headlines. And Here's Looking At You is we're going to start, uh, talking about, um, artificial intelligence, selfies and facial recognition and the racial biases around that and, and, and lots of other things too. But I think first, Ogan, you have, oh, wait, we right. added a new country to our, to our list. Oh. India.
0: Yes. Yes. India
1: is hello listening to, in.
0: Hello to whoever's listening in India.
1: Right. <laughs> Spread the I word. still think some of these countries, Ukraine, Mexico, Well, maybe not Ukraine, but Mexico, Brazil, France. It's one of our listeners on vacation.
0: <laughs> could be, could be, or, you know, could be new people too. So if you, if you are the listener traveler and thank you for listening and if yeah. you're a new listener, thank you as well for being a new listener. Either way, tell other people about us wherever you are. Um, and tell us tell them that they could watch us live on Tuesdays and Friday afternoons when we record you can watch us on Facebook Uh, I'm I'm about to give up stop telling me what time it is because we never seem to land on that time but somewhere Mm -hmm. somewhere somewhere in the four o'clock eastern time hour we'll see
1: three o'clock eastern
0: nope four o'clock remember we moved it down it's it's we
1: moved it to 2 p.m central which is 3 p.m eastern which is 4 p.m Barbados
0: that's right. It's okay. I
1: should, I I'm just supporting your curmudgeon.
0: I should not be in charge of this part. 3 p.m. Eastern in the 3 p.m. hour Eastern yeah. time. It's yeah. yeah. It's around there. I forget. I'm in a whole other time zone. Um, so you can watch us on Facebook Live, um, hit us up there as well, or um listen anytime on any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can tell people that. Um, and you can always call and leave a message if there's something you want us to talk about or. Leave some um, compliments or criticisms. We'll take them all. Uh, 413-438-4659. That's 413-GET-HOLY. Uh, if you don't have letters on your phones. Um, we are, as I mentioned uh, a few seconds ago, we are going to be taking a break from all our activities starting next week. So that's the last two weeks of December. Uh, we will be taking a break, some rest, some um restoration some repair some some active resistance some pleasure activism um, yes. all those all those things um what kelly and i will really be doing is dealing with our mothers and we need all i <laughs> mean we, we need all the other things to not be happening while we do that we need all our resources at hand we need all our resources so we take yes. it two weeks off Uh, Anyways, um, but we'll be starting the new year with um, some new and some not so new things. So please join us for all our upcoming opportunities, which you can find on ProjectSanctus.com, January 10th through February 7th. These are Tuesdays, um, 7.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be looking at a new book called American Detox, The Myth of Wellness and How We Can Truly Heal by Carrie Kelly. You know, we think it's timely that we start the year with this because you know the new year is all about resolutions and for a lot of people resolutions are around health and wellness and sometimes the wellness industry is really making us less well and propping up capitalism capitalism and other systems of oppression so we're going to take a look at those please join us as always get your book from blissbooksandwine.com use the code 846 book for a discount. Um, we also are going to be doing uh, repeating two play shops that we did before, which people loved. Um, and we know some folks had asked us to do it again because it couldn't make it the first time. So we got Love and Rage on January 15th, and we got Do the Work three Saturdays in February 11th, 18th, and 25th. Please uh, again hit up Project Sanctus, click on the events tab, and you'll see all these things. Um, not to be missed. So yep. yeah, let's let's jump in and um what's happening all the rage and filling up all my social media feeds is people um with their with their AI selfies. Um mm. and you know I am not necessarily a conspiracy theorist or a paranoid person, but I'm always skeptical when there's things say send us a bunch of your selfies because right. We were already in a police state, and now facial recognition is is on the rise. Um, data theft is on the rise. Um, um, what do you call it? Deep fakes are on the rise. So anytime there's an app that's saying, "Hey, send us a bunch of your selfies, do the work for us, <laughs> so that we don't have to do it for it. yeah, but, you know, we can spy on you later, but give us give us your images. I'm I'm a little bit skeptical of them. So, but. But now that, uh, you know, and there've always been those apps that you can take your selfie or take a picture and they will make it look like a certain artistic um, way to call it right. Uh, modality. Right. But now now we, we, we've thrown artificial intelligence into the mix and, you know, you send selfies and they will come up with these fairly creative um, versions of you. That you may not have imagined for yourself, um, and people are shelling out. People are shelling out some money for this. I know, I know. Like some of these apps, it's like an annual, like thirty-five dollar fee, and you yeah, know,
1: that's yeah, just for the year. <laughs> that doesn't include if you want the extra pack of avatars, you know? you know.
0: Yeah, and I'm just like, well, after the novelty of all the fun selfies have worn off, what are you doing with us? Um, yeah. Um, but it's it's understandably raising a lot of concerns for a number of reasons. One of those being, um, as things uh, tend to go, is that uh, the app tends not to work as well for people of color. Shocker! 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 Um, people, uh, a lot, uh, many people of color are reporting that uh, the app. Is distorting their image, and um, it's just it's not doing as good a job. Um, and part of this is due to the fact that in tech and in programming, right. there is a massive underrepresentation of Black, Brown, and Asian folk like doing the programming, right, um, and stuff like that. So you know, when when they when they talk about AI as some great like you know social justice savior because ai is doesn't have bias we have to remember that uh ai has to be programmed <laughs> like right. people have to you know enter the ones and the zeros or the python or the javascript or whatever programming language they use i don't know um and who's doing the programming and believe you me those inherent biases are coming across in the programming um and i remember a few years back there was an ai researcher um she was she was a black woman um her name was i'll look it up um because i always mispronounce it i don't want to do that again but she was early on like you know calling this out and suddenly she found herself not working for google anymore as in she was, she was she was let go and i think there was there was a lot of controversy around that. Um, but anyways so um so for example some some as like I said some users with dark skin say and this is according to a uh, Washington Post um, they saw more glitches and distortions than their light skinned friends um people who wore uh hijabs and um, stuff were were also encountering um lots of inaccuracies um as well so so there's that um and go ahead
1: also also in that mix so going back to okay those that are actually developing the algorithms and the the coding and you know very few um people of color um asian you know So, of course, the, they're creating images that are more anglicized. But here's the, the other piece of that that's a little disturbing is that it, when, when you develop the software, you have to test it. So, what they did is they went and got, they just went out onto the internet and collected a whole bunch of images of people to run them through the system to see if, to check, um, whether the images, um, you know, worked in the system. Um, and it was just a giant net that they threw out and collected them without your permission. Yes. Um, yes. and one one person even found photos from her private medical records in the yeah.
0: database. Uh, yeah, not good, not good. And also uh, along the lines of not getting permission, the, the the way this works is that in order to create, in order to create, you know, various artistic stylized versions of your selfie, what they had to do was, was get uh, and scan various works of art in which they would pattern them after, and a lot of these, the vast majority of these works of art, they did not ask the artist permission to right. get them. Right? right. So, I mean, it's a weird sort of appropriation, I guess. <laughs> uh, not to well, mention, yeah. straight up, straight up, possibly theft. Um, so. So yeah, that's a that's a concern, um, and we know we know we know that, and we know by records that we know that when it comes to computer facial recognition, again, it 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 has been disproportionately falsely identifying um, um, Asian and African American people up to hundred times more likely, according to the Washington Post, to be misidentified, depending on the particular algorithm and the type of search. Native Americans had the highest false positive rate of all ethnicities, wow. uh, according to this study uh, that was that was done. Um, so they say algorithms developed in the U.S. also showed high error rates for one to one searches of Asians, African-Americans, Native Americans and Pacific Islanders. And such searches are critical to functions, including cell phone sign-ons and airport boarding schemes. But speaking of airbornes, now the TSA is wanting to incorporate like a facial recognition thing when you check in. Right now, it's still optional, uh, but
1: yeah, how optional is it really?
0: <laughs> I mean, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. So, so if you haven't yet, you know, given paid paid if you haven't paid, listen to it carefully. If you haven't paid to give. tech company pictures of yourself because that's really what you've done you've paid them to take your pictures uh you know to make these selfies it may seem like fun but you know take a beat and really look into some of the nefariousness around it and behind it well
1: i think that's that's part of the the hook is that it it does sound like fun. And there's an element of it that's pretty cool, right to have your face be stylized artistically. But it's, it's like so many things in our world nobody, you, you pause and think through it. Yeah, um, pause and think through, like, what impact that could have on your individual life, but pause and think through, like, you know, beyond it, what is it perpetuating? Like, um racial bias like you know everybody winds up all the women wind up looking like skinny white girls and like what what is it that what systems of oppression or discrimination are being perpetuated not because people are bad people necessarily um but it sounds like fun so i'm just going to do it without the thinking through it um and we've just gotten very trained to you know i think we're just we're so in some ways in our culture in our world we're so tired and so tired of negative and so tired of having a sense of beat up and not being grounded or anchored that something that sounds fun comes along I'm like I'm there I need fun <laughs> you know? yes but even even sexualizing you know kids like creating images that are you know
0: and that's and that's another piece of this you be Dependent on, dependent on, you know, because because how this also works is that you can tell some of these um, image generators. You you type in a descriptor of what you want to happen, and, right? And depending on how you type in a descriptor and also the image that you feed to them, other than your own, you can create. You can you can get around their. Uh, what do you call it they're they're not safe for work sort of like filters and right. create pornographic images of other people yep so again yeah be careful as you upload these things to these places and as a person who has already plastered its face over the internet for years <laughs> through social media like you know it's it it's it's scary it's just a little it scary
1: is. yep so take care of yourself. Be careful, and your, and,
0: and your selfies, and your selfies. Yeah, don't. I'm don't, not a big selfie thing. So. Don't pay at the very least. Let somebody pay you for them. Don't. No don't, kidding. Don't pay to give them away.
1: But I don't think I do. I don't do selfies often because I have like T Rex <laughs> arms, so it's impossible to like hold the phone out far enough. So wait, got to get you a selfie
0: stick. We laughed. We I laughed had at the one. I had
1: one, and I broke it, so I need to get another one. I okay. put it on my Santa list.
0: So. Okay. Fair, 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 enough. Oh, what
1: else we have in the news here? Uh,
0: what else do we have? Oh, uh, speaking of speaking of things not working well for Black people again. Um, apparently, um, the lifespan of Black folk in America um is already shorter, but scientists have found out that there are racial and ethnic disparities in Alzheimer's disease, and mm. um those may be due in part to the social forces that accelerate brain aging especially in black middle-aged adults not good news for me um at, at all so um so it says in a study published last month by the journal um jma neurology from research from columbia university journal, found- journal of
1: american medical association
0: thank you i knew that's what it meant and i Totally forgot. Again, what is this article talking about? Middle-aged Black folk. (laughs) Memory. Uh, Researchers from Columbia University found racial and ethnic disparities in brain markers of Alzheimer's disease and related cases of dementia. Scientists analyzed MRI scans of nearly 1,500 participants and found that Black adults in their mid-50s were more likely than white or Hispanic adults of the same age to show white matter lesions in their brain. Which are indicators of cere- cerebral vascular disease or cognitive decline. So the so one of the thinking behind this is what they call the weathering hypothesis, which is chronic exposure to social and economic disadvantage disadvantages, and that leads to accelerated decline in physical health outcomes. Wow. America's killing us.
1: Yeah, well, it it makes sense. I mean we know that, um, you know, uh, long term, what, what, as you call it, the weathering hypothesis, hypothesis. so chronic, living in chronic, uh, oppressive systems of social, socially disadvantaged, economically disadvantaged, um, impacts every area of health, mm-hmm. mental health, physical health. Uh, so why would that not also include, you know, our, the neurobiology
0: yeah yeah and it's interesting so i was i was mentioning this to someone earlier today since i've been back here in barbados um my blood pressure has actually gone down oh. and 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 it's been and we're not just talking a few points here we're talking like it's it it's lord um wow. and and which I thought would not happen given I was walking into a seemingly emotional sort of stressful Mm -hmm. situation. My mom recently, um, as I mentioned before, had had a relatively minor stroke. And I say relatively minor as in given how bad we know strokes can get. um, She she I mean, she's still talking fine walking fine, albeit both a little bit slower than usual. Uh, She still has her mental faculty. She can still do math better than I can. Like, I mean, it, you know, so, but she's still not back to her, quote unquote, pre-stroke self. I was going to say normal self, her pre-stroke self. Um, So knowing how she is around her health and resistant to uh, doctor slash medical care or just in general, anyone telling her what to do, I knew that I'd be walking into a bit of a, stressful situation plus my own worry plus my own grief being triggered because my dad died mm-hmm. earlier this year so I was expecting that I'd be coming here and my blood pressure would have been elevated and as a person with high blood pressure who takes medication, I take my own blood pressure regularly at least three or four times a week and I've been noticing that it's been fallen and um, I'm gonna attribute that to two things one, I've been drinking massive amounts of coconut water because oh it's readily accessible here. And they've been it's very they, expensive here. I know that's why you don't drink a lot of it when I'm in the U S but here it's, it's yeah, I can get it, get it much cheaper. Um, So as a result um, and coconut water is basically nature's miracle elixir. Um, Yeah. So you yeah. can, you know, it's it's been proven to be helpful for a lot of ailments, uh, blood pressure, cancer, a lot of things. Um, please don't hear me saying it is a cure by any stretch of imagination, but people who drink a lot of coconut water tend to do better healthily. So yeah. there's that. Plus, I'm also realizing I am not walking around with basically that sort of like ambient worry of uh is today gonna be the day a mass shooting happens in my grocery store right right that's that's just not a concern
1: I don't, here yeah i don't think we realize how much it's in the background exactly like I, I don't realize how much that's in the background for me when yeah. i'm you know do go out and about but i know that it is
0: yes yes when i drive in and i look down the speedometer and i'm accidentally speeding As I round the corner, there's a cop car. Am I like, first is he like, oh, shit, am I going to get pulled over and get a ticket? And or if I am lucky, will it just be a ticket or will this be one of those stories that it goes wrong because I'm a black man driving? And, you know, that's a thing in America. So so none of that. And again, I'm never I'm not sitting there when I was back in the States consciously worrying about these things, but they were there. Yeah, uh, I guess so. So there's a lot of things I think my subconscious is not mulling over right now, and yeah, it could it could be those two things. Um, it also could be the fact that I'm I'm you know in a space by myself. It's not winter where I'm, right. you know. But the blood pressure has been you know it it it's still it it regardless of the season that uh, I was in the US. Um, it it was. It was higher than it is now. I've not stopped taking the medication. I'm saying like nothing, nothing has changed in those regards. still so taking the same medication at the same rate, still sleeping the same amount of hours, still exercising the same amount, like um if anything, maybe even a little less because I'm not yeah, uh, but regardless, yeah i'm 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 noticing that. So when I read this article, I'm just like, huh does this mean I need to just like live here all the time (laughs) so that I might could live longer? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. What's interesting in the article is that, um, you know, the, the things that impact our brain health, um, are you talked about blood pressure, you know, high blood pressure, hypertension impacts, um, brain health, um, diabetes impacts brain health, sleep, not getting enough sleep, um and and like six to eight hours of what they call non-rapid eye movement sleep like where you're really in a deep sleep and um and what what i found interesting about that piece was when we've done um you know a little exercise called check your privilege um there's one on there there's a one of them in the list where that pertains to you or doesn't you know affects your life or doesn't but one of them is you know not being awakened by sirens at night yeah and every time and so lots of lots of white folks can check that off um and if you if you are affected you know and you routinely are awakened by by sirens and and other activity at night um so now you're talking about sleep deprivation. So now it's another, you know, something else that you know piling on with the high blood pressure. The things that are um, ha- higher risk factors with um, uh, in black bodies than than white bodies often.
0: Well, here in Barbados, I'm I'm my my lack of sleep is due to the roosters, not sirens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We need to add that to our check your privilege. Yeah. You know, routinely awakened by
0: roosters. <laughs> Seriously, it is it is legit a thing. You'll hear me talking about these roosters a lot while I'm while I'm here. Um yeah, they 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 don't they don't they don't wait till dawn. They don't no. they don't they don't wait till dawn. They're a mm-hmm. thing. Um and they sleep they sleep in the tree. They sleep in the tree. Mm. So they're at they're basically and I'm on a second I'm on a second floor of a building. So they're basically at window level. Oh. Up there, just crowing, away. Yes, the chickens and the roosters sleep in the trees here. Um, yeah, and this is this is not like a widespread island issue. This just happens to be where I am, uh, uh, where my family lives. It's it's, it's on top of a commercial bakery, and for some reason, you know, there's there's a lot of fowl running around. Roosters, or chickens, or ducks. I, I can't explain it all. It's it's a whole whole, lot and it's probably affecting your cognitive functioning lots of lots of cats that may or may not be pets i mean i mean it's it's just a menagerie of of (laughs) of animals here um yeah so so who knows anyways but but the blood pressure is lower and seems to be staying lower and i'm not really complaining i'm just noticing noticing might it might it might it be less less weathering less less of that weathering hypothesis happening here um
1: well and i think for for everybody regardless of you know your skin color how you identify this the study certainly you know you and i talk often about this is not a zero-sum game right you lift the voices of of one group of people and everybody is raised and and one of the the doctors behind the research said that you know, that it certainly suggests that if we were able to, like, close the socioeconomic gaps and, um, you know, reduce the number of microaggressions and, you know, not just the socioeconomic gaps, but healthcare Mm -hmm. um, and provide more opportunities for, for, um, you know, uh, for healthcare and, you know, be able to eliminate food apartheid um and just so many things that we all can do you know it raises the the health markers the health you know of everybody yeah. um you know so who doesn't who do, who wouldn't like a healthier brain i'm all in
0: i'm, I'm all in um mm-hmm. speaking of speaking of one of those uh, weathering effects it turns out according to the washington post that uh, more and more fatal police shootings are going unreported. Yeah. So it says, uh, um, uh, even though federal records indicate that fatal shootings by police have been declining nationwide since 2015, the Washington Post's Fatal Force database shows the opposite is true. Officers have shot and killed more people every year reaching a record high in 2021 with 1,047 deaths. Um, The FBI database contains only but one third of the 7000 fatal police shootings during this time, down from half when the post first started tracking.
1: Can I just pause here for a second? Sure. So the fact that we actually have enough data and information to create something called a fatal force database. I, I know. I find extremely disturbing.
0: Yes. Are we like we're probably the only country in the world that has one of those? Well, I mean, we're probably not, but uh regardless of if we're not we are or not, it's disturbing, it's disturbing that there's a possibility that it's going underreported because if it's being underreported, then when it comes to creating policies and legislation around this, people are looking at incorrect data and saying, look, this is not as much of a problem as people are saying that it is. And that for me is the most uh, disturbing part of all. Yeah,
1: so leaving out data that, so we wind up being misled in act the actual use of force by police, and therefore the lack of accountability. Yeah, exactly, um,
0: exactly. And as we know, when it comes to uh, deadly force by police officers, again, this this disproportionately affects people of color. Yep especially men, especially male people of color.
1: Well, and it's and their data says that Black people at more than double the rate for white people are fatally shot.
0: Yes. Um, even if you just look at California, for example, um, it says the Post found that 500 fatal shootings in California, nearly half of the state's stolen since 2015 were missing from the FBI database, and Black people in the state are killed At the police by nearly four times the rate of white people. Uh. So yeah, that's not good. (laughs) That's a little disturbing.
1: So what? What? um, Okay. So yes, disturbing. And so, like, what do I? What do I do with that?
0: I don't know. What do you do with? that? (laughs) What what do we do with that? Well, I think we have to call for we it's it's a it's a call for more you mentioned the word accountability, yeah. but also transparency Um, and and really a call to the FBI to do a better job. Do your job. I yeah. mean, you know, there's there's no there's no reason for you to be underreporting on these, you know. And it's not, yeah.
1: Well, I just the fact that we actually have enough data to make a fatal force database is,
0: yeah. Stressful. And 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 part of part of what comes from this also is the police departments have to report these to the FBI as well. So I'm I'm saying the FBI should do a better job, but it's but you know it's it's the but police if- departments as well who are who again are not necessarily the best self-accountability no folk.
1: well yeah and depending on what state you're in uh and depending on the gun laws in your state and you know the the more um what's the word i'm looking for the more anything goes around owning a gun mm-hmm. the more the mentality is around justified shooting and justified homicide and yeah uh, and you know a police department sheriff's office they may be required to report but who's actually checking that they're actually
0: doing that exactly exactly um and um to reiterate in case you forgot part of the reason more black people get shot by cops is the narrative that black people are more dangerous. Right. So, um, there's, there's that, um, speaking of more dangerous places, uh, (laughs) Twitter continues its downward spiral. Yes. And apparently the, uh, trust and safety council has been dissolved Not only has it been dissolved, but uh, Trump is Trump. Musk. I mean, that might have been a Freudian slip. May not have been. I think they're Uh, interchangeable at times. Oh my god! So, so, and Elon Musk has put in um, a a former top employee, LGBTQ plus employee um, at risk. This person had to move, and uh, who's was once a member of this council because um musk implied through his own dangerous tweet in that this person was a was pro pedophilia which was nothing of the sort um um and it was it was just crazy so where what that came about was this person did a dissertation he talked he was talking about grinder and um people under 18 are not allowed on grinder but they're there anyways And he's saying, like, you know, you can obviously, you know, lie about your age to get on these apps. So apps knowing this or app manufacturers, app owners knowing this, they have a responsibility to create a greater safety environment because we know underage people are on there. And somehow that got translated to, oh, he's pro kids um, being in these sexual situations. Which was not at all what he was saying. But this trust and safety council, um, that is supposed to kind of have like oversight on you know uh around safety issues on Twitter has been suspended, this disbanded. Um and Twitter continues its downward spiral. Um social media plays a big part in what we do and we were never on Twitter and the kind of thing that we don't need to be at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, that um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I debate it a couple times a week, do I need to be on here, you know, um, yeah. because in part because I don't want to support, you know, while I get some news and other things and there are, you know, tweets I see that, um, you know, for things to read, but I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm having to seriously look at taking myself off there just yeah. to be in integrity with my own values, I um, and I don't. It's just like, and it's the the same thing as like when I go out and about in the world, and there's always this unconscious underlying. Okay, is there going to be a mass shooting while I'm in the grocery store today? The reality is, is that um, um, if it's not safe online, you know, the the chances of not being safe offline are just as great
0: yes Um, yeah
1: so it's you know we we had that episode a few few episodes back on dangerous speech um i don't know and and again i'm i'm like you i'm not a giant conspiracy theorist or go off you know a deep end that easily although i may sound it i'm really not (laughs) but i do i do worry i don't know i i can't know anymore so how i want to keep me safe um i i don't want to be concerned that something i put out i mean we get we get you know what we call hate mail from people and i don't know that it isn't some crazy you know a true nut job that could find out where i am i I just don't know anymore and i don't like living that way
0: yeah yeah talk about talk about the weather and
1: yeah yes yeah
0: again yeah yeah it is yeah yeah of course, speaking of all that i just I just reactivated my TikTok account because <laughs> I finally read all these headlines and go, oh yeah, let's get on TikTok. Uh, yeah, uh, which um, is
1: coming sorry. under heavy fire,
0: yeah exact, in, in, exactly 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 um but I, it's I, not
1: just you know it's it's not just. It used to be, you know, growing up, there was
0: dangerous Dan,
1: you know, kind of thing, or, you know, don't talk to strangers, and, you know, all these things to try to keep you safe. This is a real thing, cyber, yeah. cybersecurity, security, right, being safe online. Um, and if I don't have that sense, then I'm, I, I need to step away from it.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, let's talk about Let's talk about, it turns out that the majority of the LGBTQ folk are religious. Yeah. I found
1: that one yesterday. I'm like, I, I and realized in reading the, the headline, the majority of LGBT Americans are religious, who they are and why they matter. I realized I had, I'm like, oh, that's like a, uh, an assumption that um, wouldn't necessarily be like.
0: I know. I was like, really? I I know. I know. Uh because uh, oh my god, did you see did, she, did you see that video of of the woman what's her name? She's been she's been dubbed Aunt Vicky. Um
1: Yes, she's the, here in
0: my state. Oh, that's right. Vicky Hartzler, the one right.
1: sobbing at the sobbing and carrying on and crying, don't vote for same-sex marriage. Don't, exactly. You know.
0: And then I'm her like, nephew her nephew came on in response. <laughs> Oh my God! that That was a that was a that was a whole thing. But yes, I think I'll, I I made the assumption that most were not simply because religion has been used as so much of the rationale for anti LGBTQ rhetoric. Certainly, um, hard right. Yeah. Conservative Christian nationalism. Yeah, yeah, but even even not that hard right. I mean, so, yeah, you know, now to be to be clear, to be clear, like 70 percent of the U.S., 71 percent, I think, of the U.S. is pro uh, same sex marriage. So, you know, that's got to include a bunch of Republicans. And, you know, we just passed right. the Respect for Marriage Act, which include a bunch of Republicans voting in support of it. So this is not throwing all of you know, Republicans under the bus by any stretch of the imagination, some of those Republicans will profess to you that they are Christian as well. Um right. as well. So, so that's, you know, I'm not painting this as an as an either or Democrat Republican thing. However, you know, the only ones opposing it, thankfully in the minority, were Republicans. Um and um and so so for me also going reading that headline um was again a little surprising and that's you're right towards my own our own um uh, assumptions and and um and also let's be clear it might be re- our surprise may be reflective of our own anti-religious bias i know we're ordained ministers but we have a strong anti-religious well, bias
1: you do more than i do because i, <laughs> this I <is> don't true. <laughs> I, I do interfaith work so i <laughs> anything pushed to an extreme falls apart including religions yes yes, um and when it is pushed to an extreme and it becomes something to uh, you know is weaponized then yes i'm anti-religion what what i what was interesting assuming you know the assumption what we're talking about is that uh, you know i thinking that lgbtq americans were just you're just inherently unaffiliated which is far from the truth many of them identify with traditions that we here we are here's another assumption there that are often cast as anti-lgbt such as catholics and islam and and even evangelical christianity yeah Um, yeah it was fat i'm like oh okay like we always say never done learning yeah
0: so here's what my assumptions were and and so what that what that tells me is many of these religious movements are waking up or they're opening the doors they're realizing this is not this is not the issue that it should be in and i think the most glaring example of that is the methodist church right in the u.s mm-hmm. that's basically fractured not fractured they are split they yes split They um over primarily over this issue you know, with one one part of the, of the Methodist movement in America saying, "No, we we want to maintain that marriage is just between a man and the woman, and and being homosexual is is the sin," and the other section of the Methodist saying, "Yeah, no, that's that, no, that's that's not right. that's not okay." So, so yeah, so that they're they're perhaps the most current example of of that playing out which means which and the only reason that would have played out is that yes many of the folks in the methodist church yeah part of the lgbtq community right um, as, as as well
1: well it, it also you know speaks to our own you know we're talking about assumptions that you know there's an assumption that that i that I or we or whomever actually understands the tenets of Catholicism or Islam or like you know Catholicism is has got a lot of uh, is very patriarchal but that's not that's that's not its roots. That's not its beginnings Um, that's what it's you know become like this very patriarchal structure, but then you have people like you know the Pope who's you know. wandering his way you know trying to deconstruct some things but it speaks to you know just my own assumption about what i may or may not know about a religion and my allergy to religion this you know i get pretty tired of when i this is one of the things that has always bothered me in unity this anti-religion thing i'm like the more anti you are the more healing therein lies the direction of your healing um because it works for you know 80 percent of the globe um to identify with one and to practice and and like i said everything pushed to an extreme falls apart. um but it was it was a great article just because you know for me to go huh didn't know that i had a an assumption there just when you think you're done learning
0: well then you gotta explain to me you know how they're uh gay republicans that one i haven't figured out yet that one (laughs) that one's still working on you yeah, mean, I mean you know that for me that's a real like I can't I, I have trouble reconciling that now again I know there are many there are many reasons to be to be a republican um and not all of them horrible like, right. i under, I understand that and I know yeah. that and and a person's political self can be separate from their um sexual identity and orientation however that being said, you know, to be affiliated with a party that is pretty much, for the most part, seeking to remove your rights and treat you second class citizens. For me, that's a reconciliation that somebody's going to need to explain to me. Yeah, I, I, and I don't. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> be, be who you are, vote for who you want, but that one needs to explain. So if perchance you happen to know some Republicans who are. LGBTQ plus and they're still content with being Republican, please have them give me a call, have them reach out to me. I don't mean this facetiously. I'm I seriously don't know how to make sense of that at right. all. And I would, I would, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear. That's
1: that's one of that's why, you know, when we do those multicultural agreements, there's the both and yeah. thing. It can be one of the hardest things to wrestle. <laughs> yeah. The, the, when you get really you know the both and 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 thinking that republican is a monolith or thinking that christianity is a monolith thinking that you know yeah uh, yeah. because i i agree with you i don't know how you can
0: yeah i mean i'm I'm assuming there must be some trans people out there who are republican i mean i i I
1: i don't know i i yeah i don't know well especially if if you're um you know if your understanding of of you know if you're if you're a moderate Democrat or or you know more oxymoron conservative Democrat you know um you know a lot of the liberal um things may be just too far liberal for you and so you might fall in a liberal Republican kind of camp but I don't I don't know I'm trying to make it make sense for you but not in a good way so
0: I just, I just, I just Googled. I just Googled trans Republican, and the first article that pops up from the website Freedom for All Americans, which I'm immediately sounds suspect, right? Because uh, <laughs> I don't know a
1: Republican that's
0: for that. But there, is, well, there is um, a mass. So the subheadline: Massachusetts elected official being transgender and being Republican are compatible and we are so it features or um someone named jordan evans jordan um when an adult jordan can't understand she's trans she found herself without much of a roadmap to look towards when to come reconciling her gender identity with her politics um it's a it's a whole article i am reading it right now in real time it's long i'm not going to read it all because i don't have we like we can't do this while recording but i will read it i'll put the link in I'll put the link in both the show notes for the podcast and on Facebook. So if you want to take a look at it, you yeah. can. Um, yeah. And I'll I'll send you the link too as well so that you can you can take a look at it. Because yes, that's, that's, well, that's, I, you know, I'm pretty sure
1: community. part of it is is helping us deconstruct our how we, you know, think of yeah. things in monolithic ways.
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is like
1: which it's doesn't like,
0: help. Folks, you're hearing, you're hearing, you're, you're, you're hearing slash seeing Ogan's real-time brain starting to melt down a little bit. It's like, wait, what? Wait, what? Yes. Real-time. It's going down with the Christmas curmudgeon. Seriously. Real-time learning, folks. Real, real, real-time learning. Yes. So I will definitely have to take a look at that because that's a teaching moment for me. Talk to us about Dorothy Pittman Hughes.
1: I know. I was just going to say, let's wrap up with Dorothy Pittman Hughes. She Dorothy Pittman-Hughes was a pioneering black feminist, and um, she passed away uh, this week um, at the age of 84. Um, She was a... Rest in power. That's right. She was a child welfare advocate. She was a lifelong community activist. She toured the country speaking with Gloria Steinem, you know, which uh, in the 70s, and, um, you know, it's one of the most iconic photos that you see of... um, um, even of Gloria Steinem with the two of them together in a, you know, with, um, um, hand raised, you know, the, the fist thing. And she, um, anyway, she, what I find interesting is that she traveled the country with Gloria Steinem was a powerful, um, force in pioneer, you know, in pioneering black feminism and, you know, just, uh, women's rights, you know, advocating for children, um, and um but you don't most of the time what you hear about is Gloria Steinem yeah Um, shocker not not um but they were they were a powerful powerful partnership
0: um when I say shocker let me be clear that's not a knock against Gloria Steinem right no it's not but it's, it's but it's not knock against our media
1: Right. Yes. And so the two of them, you know, in the early 70s started going around the country and were really, you know, when feminism was was on the rise, but it was seen as predominantly white and middle class. Yeah. Um, you know, that and a divide that dates back to, you know, the origins of uh, the women's movement here in America. Um anyway, she was um her her She, her work was always rooted in community activism, right? Um, In in your community and being in service in your community. Um, She organized the first shelter for battered women in New York City. Um, She co-founded the New York City Agency for Child Development to, you know, broaden childcare services in the city. Uh, She's best known for her work helping countless families in the community um, and establish Manhattan's West Side offering daycare, job training, advocacy training. Um, she just was powerful, powerful, powerhouse. Um, there's a, a biography out that's called With Her Fist Raised that came out last year. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and there was a, a, an article in Ms., Ms. Magazine that where Hughes defines herself as a feminist, but rooted her feminism in her experience. And in more fundamental needs for safety, food, shelter, and childcare. So
0: gotcha. Well, um, I Zero. put the link. I yes, um, I put the link for that in the Facebook comments as well, and it'll be in the show notes. Um and but just someone
1: you didn't hear anything about, even though no. she
0: worked with Martin
1: Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, you know, Gloria Steinem, and and so many others. It just I mean, I'm so delighted to know more about her, and then I feel a little sad that I didn't know more about her.
0: Right. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Um, Well, we are grateful for um, the gift that she was to us and safe home. And um, as always, um, thank you all for listening. Uh, Thank you for telling your friends about us. Um, Thank you for visiting ProjectSanctus.com, where you can make a donation um, to help keep the ship running and also you can learn about all the opportunities please join us for some of them in the new year um and please join us for some of the ongoing opportunities we have like our affinity groups and our thursday morning embodied meditation which you can now find on insight timer so if you head over if you are a user a fan of the insight timer meditation app our thursday morning walk-in what is it again? Walking, walking each other home. Walking each other home. Hello, the, whole, the Ram Dass thing thing. Uh, walking each other home is what we call our Thursday morning meditations. Um, you can now get those at Insight Timer. Uh, Kelly does a wonderful job of doing some guided embodied meditation. So uh, hit those up. And and if you want to, you can make a donation directly through the uh, Insight Timer app as well. Uh, so that's it for uh, today. And oh, If perchance you missed our last episode, please go back and listen to it. We had a wonderful, wonderful uh, engaging discussion around anti-Semitism, around Judaism with uh, Rabbi Eli Friedman. Um, That is a must listen to uh, and spread the word about that as well. Um, And remember, um, starting next week, we're taking the next two weeks off for some rest, some repair, some restoration um, and for the holidays as well. So thank you. And until next time. Ooh, yep. Wait. So
1: we will be back uh one more this one more podcast this week and then oh, yeah. we're off.
0: We got we got one more this week. We got one more coming coming this week. Until Friday. Until Friday. Let's get our holy on. <laughs>